Welcome to the Orange County Catholic Radio Show. Each week, we bring you compelling conversation with church leaders and laity, talking about the things going on in our diocese and discussing the important issues that impact the world around us. We're coming to you from our studios on the campus of Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. Here now to introduce our guest and today's topic is your host, Rick Howick. And welcome to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. And with me today are several representatives from a group of Catholics who are celebrating the 500th anniversary of Catholicism come to the Philippines. And with that in mind, I'd like to welcome, first of all, Father Peter Lavin. Did I say that right, Father? Yes. And uh, Josie Nuno Franco and Ike Kiewitz. Did I come close to your last name, Ike? Close enough. Wow. A lot of this is, is Filipino in nature, and I am not. So thank you very much for your kindness in saying I actually pronounced it right. I'm sure I didn't. But before we go anywhere talking about Catholicism in the Philippines, let's begin with a brief word of prayer. Father, would you be so kind? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, you promise that where two or three are gathered, you will always be there in their midst. We ask that you send your Holy Spirit to guide all of us so that as we share our faith, this faith would grow to all our brothers and sisters. Just like our Blessed Mother, may this faith be incarnated in our own life so that the Word of God will truly also be incarnated in each and every one of us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. The name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, so Father, thank you very much for that prayer. I want to ask, though, from all of you, what is this all about? What can you tell me about this anniversary that we're in the process of celebrating this year? Yes, uh, this year in the Philippines, we are celebrating the 500 years of Christianity. It was in 1521 that it all started April 21 when the explorer Magellan landed in the Philippines and there was the king and the queen together with all their people because of a mysterious happening that had happened, the, the, the child of the king was, King Umabon was a little bit sick. And when Magellan brought the priest and prayed over, mysteriously the child got healed. And so the king and queen believed in the faith in the religion and asked that they receive the sacrament of baptism together with their people. And it was recorded around 2,200, and they had the first baptism, and that started the Christianity in the Philippines. Wow. So this all began with Magellan coming to the Philippines, and he arrives at the same time that the royal child is sick, Yes, and his priests are able to pray a healing that does lead to a healing, and all of the people that were present because they're the king and queen, you do what the king and queen yes. asks. They, they all, all became they all became uh, baptized, and that started this whole thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that was 500 years ago yes. this year. Mm-hmm. That's right. So how are they celebrating this in the Philippines? What's going on in the Philippines? In all the churches, uh, in the different dioceses, uh, the Pope designated special church in each diocese where they could have this Jubilee Year celebration where their people could could gather and pray so that they would receive not just the plenary indulgence, but in order to revive their faith. This celebration has a very great theme. The Bishop's Conference in the Philippines made this theme gifted to give. And there was supposed to be before the pandemic there was years of preparation, almost nine years preparing oh, for this great celebration. But the pandemic has stopped everything. But despite it, they continued now. So 
uh, in all the different churches, in the different dioceses, they have their local celebration, celebrating this uh, faith, this keep of faith, and the call was to be able to share this faith to all the people that they encounter. So the Pope has issued a, a, a decree for a jubilee year, and that includes for the Filipino community in the Philippines the ability to take advantage of a plenary indulgence. I take it that involves some sort of a pilgrimage to one of these churches in the Philippines. Yes, that's right. So it would be very difficult for those of us in Orange County to take advantage of that, though there are ways for us to still get plenary indulgences without there being a, a special plenary indulgence granted by the Pope. We can still take advantage of that while we turn our prayers toward the people of the Philippines. So they're having a massive celebration there. What's been going on here? Well, for one thing, uh, Rick, it's been quite challenging uh, because of the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're not still uh, out of the pandemic completely. We're still in the middle of it. So from what I heard, uh, one of the bishops uh, asked the members, what are you doing for the 500-year celebration? So because you have a big celebration going on in the Philippines after all. So it was some sort of a challenge. I think it was uh, Bishop Thomas who posed the question. And so uh, Father Peter asked uh, some of us, uh, is there anything we can do to uh, do a celebration? And so Father Peter started uh, calling um, a few people. Now we call the core group to see if we could organize uh, something. And that started the ball rolling. So, yeah, it took only 40 days, but uh, by golly, uh, it was wonderful. That, yeah, but uh, 40 days in the Bible is usually a time of challenge. Exactly. Temptation. So I take it this was a difficult thing to actually do in the end. Uh, correct, correct. Yeah, yeah. I, again, because of the challenges posed by the pandemic, we, we were still not out of it. I actually counted the number of days. That's why I came up with 40. We, we <laughs> sent out an email to all the uh, parish leaders who have Filipino communities. We reached out to all the, the pastors. And then Father Peter set a date to meet. So it was May 15. And then we set a date, uh, June 26, because that was the day that the bishop will be available. So and then later I counted, oh, that was 40 days. So anyway, so maybe it was providential, maybe not. But in any case, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we were able to yes, before have it. Even organizing the 500-year celebration, since the San Jose Filipino Ministry is under the ethnic ministry, we still have to follow all the protocol, ask the permission of the Council of Priests, uh, whether we could have this celebration, and then the schedule of bishop. So when we were able to follow all the procedures, the protocol, and the clergy has approved it, so we started organizing this celebration as a thanks, first and foremost, as a thanksgiving to thank God for the gift of faith and to be able to revive the faith of the Filipino Americans who are around in the Diocese of Orange. Now, it's my understanding that in Southern California, we have a, a sizable a Filipino community. I know that's not just in the Diocese of Orange. There's a, a large number of Filipinos that are in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles and many that are in the Diocese of San Bernardino, for example. I come out of the Diocese of San Bernardino. My parish is administered by a missionary group from the the um, Sacred Heart uh, Filipinos uh, that are ministering up there to us. Uh, so I'm very familiar with Samangabi and <laughs> several other things that, that take place. So... How are you celebrating here in the United States? I know that we had a major celebration took place not long ago. I want you to tell us all about that. And then we've got some more things that are coming up. What happened in late June? You were mentioning that you had put together a June 26th date that took place. Yes. What happened with that? Because, see, what happened was when when we had the approval from the Council of Priests to do the celebration... And again, we decided to have it on June 26, so that the bishop is going to be there present, and we look for places where we could have the celebration before we even considered Christ Cathedral. So, but anyway, and again, because we are a new ministry, we started with nothing, even financially, but by the grace of God, we were able to 
get some donation from the Filipino community. And so we were able to do that. And we decided that we're going to have it in the cathedral because, I mean, it's in the Diocese of, of Orange only because the cathedral is a very nice place. The symbol of Catholicism here, especially the in the Diocese of Orange, Orange where we all belong. I am from St. Irenaeus Parish in Cypress, California. So I am very, very proud of being a member of the Filipino Ethnic Ministry because uh, we were able to reach out to a lot of Filipino communities and different parishes because of that. And uh, it's very, very amazing where people really get involved with just one word. Like I said, we send out an email to all of the Filipino groups and their leaders. And my God, I mean, May 15, they were all there. They don't even know what they're getting into, I think. All we did was tell them that we're going to have a celebration, you know, and so that's where we started. From May 15 to June 26, 26. that's 40 days. (laughs) So, you know, and it was very, very successful. As a matter of fact, it went very smoothly, which was very good. Now you had mass? We we have the mass at the cathedral. We have the reenactment. We have, of course, food. The reenactment of 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 the first baptism. First baptism in the Philippines. Very good. During the mass. And then we also have some of the liturgy. Part of the liturgy was in Tagalog. The songs were in Tagalog. Yes, and then, of course, we have the food, and then we have... Wait, um, wait, wait. You can't just brush over it. I'm familiar enough with Filipino <laughs> celebrations. When you say we had the food, food. You, had, you had the food. Always. <laughs> there was shrimp, there <laughs> were noodles, oh. there was everything, right? Yeah, we were told that there were about like 2,200 people oh, there wow. on that day. Yeah. I mean, you can imagine, you know, serving the food. Not one of them has a shellfish allergy or you can't be Filipino. (laughs) (laughs) And then there were also entertainment, you know, with Mm -hmm. our cultural uh, presentation too. Drums everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And then the dances. (laughs) Yes. Of course, you know, and the tinikling that we have. Yeah. The the cultural dances. Mm -hmm. So it was very successful in my my opinion. And I am very proud of being a Filipino because the Philippines is the only... Catholic country in the Far East. Wow, that's true. Yes. If you look at uh, the largest Muslim country, is not far from there. Yes, uh, yeah, Indonesia. 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 Uh, and Malaysia, of course, is also mm-hmm. very, very Muslim. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Philippines has been very Catholic. Mm-hmm. So we missed the boat. We, to- we missed the total celebration. It's totally over. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not over because no, it's not. W- when we come back, let's talk a little bit about what else is coming forward, because we have other celebrations that are being planned, not only in the near future, but also out toward Christmas time in something called Samangabi, which we're going to talk quite a bit about. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today are representatives of the Filipino community talking about the 500th anniversary of Catholicism come to the Philippines. Uh, with me are Father Peter Levine and uh, Josie Nino Franco and Ike Kiewit, who had put together a celebration and a series of follow-up celebrations, which we're going to talk about when we return. Orange County Catholic Radio coming to you high atop the Tower of Hope in beautiful Garden Grove, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and with me today are three important members of the Filipino community here in Southern California. Father Peter Lavin, who is from what in English would be the Disciples of Mary. Father, how do you say the name of your group in Tagalog? Alagad ni Maria. I'm not going to try to, to say it because I, I, will, I will butcher it, but it's beautiful. And then we have two other members from what is known as the core committee of the people who put together the celebrations that are happening here in Southern California. You started off with Mass in the Cathedral in June. What else are you looking at doing this year to draw attention to this very important event in Filipino history? What's going on? Well, for one thing, we would like to highlight 
the Filipino culture, language, traditions, because that goes hand in hand with our Catholic faith. So uh, the San Jose Filipino Ministry, they have uh, set goals, and with those goals, we have activities to fulfill those, those goals. Uh, some of the goals that we have is to assist the spiritual growth of Filipinos and Filipino-Americans in the Diocese of Orange. Another one would be to provide resources to enrich the faith, uh, culture, and traditions of Filipinos and Filipino-Americans, especially those uh, living in the diocese. Uh, third would be to reach out to our Filipino-American youth and young adults who want to learn about their culture, heritage, and traditions. And uh, the last goal would be to reach out to uh, more Filipinos who are not yet involved, but may be interested in getting involved with the different church ministries. So it sounds like you have a very integrated embrace of the faith and the community in what you do. Uh, So we're going to come back in just a moment to talk a little more directly about the faith goals. How are these community goals being planned out? I think because we're clear with the, with the goals, then we set about uh, organizing activities like, let's say, for this summer, we have uh, organized uh, classes uh, for uh, kids who like to learn Tagalog. Okay. Yeah, because it's very important. The, the moment we, the moment our kids l- forget the language, they will forget who they are, and I think that's very important. So okay. how are the, they, how are you going about teaching these classes? Are they being held at a center? Are they being held at a parish? Or we, we have a uh, right now the the office of San Jose Filipino Ministry uh, in the community house of Alaga de Maria in Anaheim. Okay. So that's every Saturday. So uh, for one hour, uh, it started already. I think uh, last Saturday was was their second second class, and then then the second hour is uh, we have a, a teacher uh, that teaches the. A, a, Certain uh, Filipino dance, folk dance. so folk oh. dance, and then yes, and then we'll wrap it up towards the end of August. They will have some kind of a recital, so that they could, nice. uh, you know, so that the kids could could demonstrate what they have learned in in the Tagalog language and what they have learned in the cultural dance. And hopefully, down the road, we'll, we could have these kids uh, performing or showcasing their talents. So. So this is quite possibly the beginning of something that will be sustained and longer term for for these kids that are taking part in the language classes and the cultural dance classes. Correct, correct, correct. Yes, yes. What else is going on? In other parishes, they already started to or also celebrate the 500 years locally in different in their parish, like St. Martin de Porres, would have their celebration. On July 31. July 31. Mm-hmm. And then St. Anthony Claret. September, September 11. September 11. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about those. What's going to go on at St. Martin de Porres? You said what date was that going to be? July 31, Saturday. So July the 31st. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's coming up. Yes. W- what are they going to be doing? Is it going to be just Mass? Knowing the they, Filipino community, you can't do just now. <laughs> so, correct, correct, correct. No, they will start with the rosary. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I am not sure if they have a reenactment, but they have the mass. They have the mass. Then after the mass, they have the salo uh, salo. The salo salo. The, the celebration. And then, the food. then what is salo salo? <laughs> it's a get together. Get together. Oh, okay. Eating, eating okay. 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 Fellowship. And fellowship. I've experienced and, that. I didn't know what the name was. <laughs> and then there will also be the cultural shows that that is being mm-hmm. provided. So it's a get together, a celebration of their their faith, thanking God, and at the same time to be make the people aware of the skip that they have received. So okay, and I think that that will also be the same pattern in Saint Anthony Claret. Now, so when is Saint Anthony Claret's going to be? September eleventh. Okay, September mm-hmm. the eleventh. Correct, nine okay. eleven. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, mm-hmm. so we're going to have it on 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 Patriots Day. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then uh, we a similar thing will happen. Yes. Correct. And the other parishes, I know they're already coordinating with their parish priests. If they could celebrate also locally in their different churches, 
So it's a matter of time, and we would know when the date would be. So the different Filipino groups in their different parishes are trying to coordinate things with their pastors first and foremost because they don't want to have any conflict with the regular uh, parish activities, the parish schedule. But if you've not heard anything and you're listening to this broadcast and you're either Filipino or you're an honorary Filipino, (laughs) then you need to ask questions of your parish uh, pastor. So when are we celebrating? (laughs) Because it's this year. And And for for the whole diocese, we are planning to, uh, because for us Filipinos, one of the big celebration we have in the Philippines is towards Christmas, Advent. So we're preparing an Advent retreat for the different parishes. So it will depend on the schedule again of the pastors and the availability of the different parishes. But we're offering the the Advent retreats both for the South Group and the North Group of the diocese. So wherever the schedule Uh. and place would be. So there's going to be retreats as well that are available for people coming up in Advent. Mm-hmm. And you've got it, two of them. Is a, yes, is a, actually one? it's already scheduled on yeah. November 27 and December 4 the other one. And so one's in the north and one's, one's in the north south. south. Yes. Correct, uh, okay. Yes. And, and we're finalizing the place. Okay. The, so we're still coordinating with the different pastors. Right. Now, will that be a, a one-day retreat type of thing? Yes. Okay. One day. So it'll be kind of from morning till evening? Yes, and, and it's mm-hmm. free for all. Okay. Come, everybody. It's open to all Filipino, Filipino-Americans, and whoever wants to join. And, and honorary <laughs> Filipinos. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So those events, those retreats happening in, in late November, early December, yes. are going to be open to anybody in yes, order sir. to acquaint them with both their spirituality and mm-hmm. their culture, right. mm-hmm. uh, and to take a moment to relax and reflect into that. Then I understand there every year, right just before Christmas, yes. for nine days. We have this great tradition in the Philippines, in all the churches in the Philippines, we have the so-called Don Masses, Simbangabe, Nubina Mass for nine days before Christmas. And all Filipinos love this. And that's why yes. I know here in the Diocese of Orange, a lot of the different parishes with the different Filipino communities are organizing this. Now, tell and me a little plan, bit, Father, what yeah. is Simbangabi? Simbangabi. It's a don mass used in the in the Philippines. It's not possible here. We have it at 4, 4 a.m. in the morning. Wherein the people gather in the church and in order to celebrate mass. And it's a very joyful celebration. Then after the Mass, people have this fellowship. We have all this eating outside the church. So uh, it's <laughs> like uh, for nine days trying to build the community uh, centered in the parish. Okay. So, And I know that the different Filipino groups in the diocese are organizing this. And that's why we decided... First, to have a launch of activity of the Simbangabe on December 10. And we're still finalizing the schedule of Bishop Kevin or Bishop Tim. Mm. So whoever would be available. Right. For, and we would have it in St. Irenaeus. The pastor already agreed to have this celebration. And there will also be uh, some little competition. Lantern making. Contest. Par- parole oh, making. Okay. And some Christmas carols per parish. Oh, yeah. So it will be a truly festive. festive family Christmas celebration. So we have a number of things that are that are being emphasized, some of which happen every year, but this year are being really focused on to make sure that if you've been away from your, your faith or away from your community, come home and enjoy being Filipino. Or being get so, involved, get involved yeah. in the parish. Well, history said that the origin of Zimbangabi was for the farmers that before they set out go to, to work their in farms, the, they need very to go early and, and pray. pray. That's the pray four o'clock pray. in the morning. Yes, yes. Okay. Exactly. Four o'clock in the morning before yeah. they go out. Before they go milk the cows. Very good. That's right. <laughs> All right. Very good. Mm-hmm. So, if we're talking about the events that are coming up, then uh, as part of the fulfillment of the goals that you have for your celebration here, um, it's primarily then building on, on the community events you've already got and then focusing on adding some retreats to reflect upon <laughs> those 
and reemphasizing, this is a time to really reconnect. Right. So for people who are interested in doing that, the major parishes right now, I know you're involved with St. Irenaeus. Mm-hmm. What were some of these other parishes that have major events going on? St. Irenaeus has. Mm-hmm. Where are you out of, Ike? Uh, I belong to St. Boniface in Anaheim. And there's only a couple of Filipinos there. Yeah, my, well, <laughs> you and your wife. <laughs> aside from myself and my wife, uh, we still, we also have a handful. Okay. Yes. And then you have uh, other parishes that are involved: Saint Martin de Porres, Saint Anthony Claret. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that have been doing things that are going mm-hmm. to be part of this celebration. And yeah. some of the parish are already organizing for the Don Masses for the Simbangabe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I know it's difficult to get priests early morning <laughs> for nine days. <laughs> so they're already getting in touch and organizing themselves. They got to go ahead and, and get worked up to this so they can learn how to, right. to get up for the 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. And then after that, the food festivities that they'll have outside the church yes. they have to get in, to get people involved too. That's the reward. We're talking with uh, three representatives of the Filipino community here in Southern California. Father Peter Lavin and Josie Nino Franco and Ike Kiewit, who have been talking about the 500th anniversary of Catholicism come to the Philippines. And this year, Pope Francis has granted uh, a Jubilee year celebration for the Philippines, and that includes uh, in the Philippines to be able to earn a plenary indulgence. Mm-hmm. Uh, you too can earn this plenary indulgence if you're willing to travel to the Philippines to make a, a retreat there. Or, of course, there are other ways to to get a plenary indulgence. Just simply a half hour of reading the Bible mm-hmm. with devotion, doing the Stations of the Cross can be one. Uh, going into a chapel or with your family doing a rosary is another. And, and all of those can count as well. And if you dedicate that yeah. to the Filipino ministry, that can be a very good way to help participate. We've been talking about some of the events that have mm-hmm. been going on as part of the celebration. It sounds like Southern California is very invested in in trying to make this something that everyone can be a part of. When we come back, though, I want to shift over to Father for just a moment. This isn't just about celebrating the community of the Philippines. It's about celebrating the Filipino community who have joined themselves to the body of Christ, to Jesus Christ. And... This is all about coming back to Christ in the end. So when we come back, I want to focus a little on that. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and we will be right back. And welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. We're here high atop the Tower of Hope on the beautiful campus of Christ Cathedral. And with us today is Father Peter Lavin and then Josie Nino Franco and Ike Kiewit, who are from the Filipino community. Our two lay people are part of the core group that has been putting together uh, celebrations for the 500th anniversary of the introduction of Christianity to the Philippines. And that, as we were talking earlier, took place when uh, Magellan brought priests who prayed for the healing of uh, a child from the royal family. He healed, and the royal family converted. Well, in the Philippines at the time, if the royal family converts, everyone around them pretty much converts, and so thousands of people at that time converted. And that began really the ball rolling for Catholicism in the Philippines. And we've been talking quite a bit about some of the wonderful things that are going to be happening and have been happening in this celebration. But this is really all, all these celebrations, all the wonderful food, all of the the celebrations really are to bring us back to a a rediscovery of Christ who came to the Philippines. So, Father, with that in mind, I'd like to ask you, as a priest, what are you hoping are some of the spiritual goals that will yeah. be met by embracing this 500th anniversary here in Southern California? Yes. Personally, that's why I exerted all my effort to be able to have this celebration because I want that Filipino, Filipino-Americans who are around to see that one of the greatest gifts that God has given is that faith 
And when God gave this faith, it's not just for ourselves, but in order to be able to share it to others. That's why it's a gift that we are called to be able to share. And through my years working here in the United States, I've been coming in and out here in the States and in the Philippines since way back 94. I would see that sometimes it's so sad if Filipinos would take their faith for granted because it is something that will make people, make you alive in everything. I have been to different countries and I'm so much touched when I see Filipino groups in all the different local churches making the church alive by shaving their selves, shaving their life, shaving whatever they could in order to make that celebration of faith alive locally. And that is my, my hope that slowly we hear the Filipino Filipino Americans around in the Dice of Orange to be able to, to live this and share it with all. And it's something that we have to pass, especially to our young people. Our community, our main mission is to focus on the formation of young people. And this is our hope. And it will always start with the parents, with the family, to be able to share this faith to our young people. And along the way, it will be the young people who would bring this faith to the different people they, they encounter. So it's something really for me that we have not just to thank God, but to be able to share this and live it and be aware that it's truly a gift from God. What do you see as being the most important challenges especially young Filipinos face here in the United States, in Southern California? Yeah, uh, because the different culture and the development of all the technology around sometimes, and what had happened, especially with the COVID, and the faith seems not just maybe for the young people, it's something just like in the mind, not to be, it's not something to in our life, in our something that we should live, and it's religion is not something that we should learn and study. It's not just there. It's something. It's our relationship with God, and life becomes meaningful when you have this relationship with God. And this is our hope, with especially with our young people, to be able to develop that personal relationship with God, and it will. Put meaning in everything, despite all the difficulties. One of the things that always struck me as a Catholic, I, I came from a Protestant background. Originally, I had been trained to be a Presbyterian minister, and I'd finished the, the Master's in Divinity, and while working on a Master's in early church history, discovered that the entire early church was Catholic, which really ruins your career as a Presbyterian minister. I <laughs> to become Catholic. But anyway, what I learned, that one of the chief differences is this emphasis in Catholicism about faith and follow-through, not just faith alone. One of the risks that I see amongst all Christians that have been isolated because of the, of COVID has been this re-emphasis on the mind. The mind is very important, but Christianity is not a Gnosticism. It's not a special thought. It may start with a special understanding, but then it has to go somewhere. It has to do something and be something. And that's especially true in an ethnic community like the Filipino community, where there's so much that is tied to the heritage, isn't it? Yes. And it's Very some... much so. Yeah. Very much so, because uh, the, actually, personally, the challenge that we're facing is that, and we were talking about it just before you came, the challenges that we're faced right now is how are we going to get the Filipinos, Filipino-Americans to come back and really look at their culture and the heritage after our generation, you right. know. And personally, I am sad thinking that my 
children's generation, for example, they are still okay yeah. because we were able to guide them. Yeah. But what about the generation after that? And if I hear you, the, the Filipino community, and if I heard Father say, Filipino community is very focused mm-hmm. on their children, on right. the generation that comes up. Exactly. Exactly. But again, it is a challenge because of the other factors, you know, that you need to consider when they go out of your house, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the house, you pray the rosary, uh, you eat in the same, you know, table and so on as a family. But what about, you know, when they go out? That was a big question for me because of the influence of other people. You know, naturally, sometimes they, they listen to their friends, but not to the parents. I mean, that's right. a reality with any, I mean, it's just not Filipinos, right. but we are more focused on our children to give them the best. So one of the things, one of the things from this celebration is to also then, if I'm hearing you right, to reemphasize the links that we have in our community to Christ and why that is such a value. Mm-hmm. Our society is filled with lots of temptations to power, prestige, money, sex, whatever. And a lot of that's available in at least visual form online. Mm-hmm. And then it is so easy to get involved with uh, out in the rest of the world. So that to have easy access to Filipino culture and Filipino events, which we're now going to make available this year, very much so, sounds like a good step in the right direction. Yeah, we're paving the way for them to, uh, you know, uh, that is why we are, we already know the challenges, but we are always into finding ways on how to get them not only the culture and the heritage part of it, but also the faith. This celebration just aims to really make, especially the young people, get involved, develop their personal, eventually their personal relationship with God. Because that's the most important thing. All this celebration should really be able just to encourage the young people to look into themselves and have their that relationship with the Lord. Because that's the most important thing. From my a personal experience that's really true that our faith is not so much about what you know but it is your relationship with God and in fact at home that's what I've been telling uh, that me my wife has have been telling our kids that me and mom will not be there all the time uh, we will not be there to help you but God will be there my, one of my kids, uh, he, he live in New York, and we we tell him, "Hey, uh, don't forget to go to church." You know, not because it is your obligation, but because it is your way of thanking God for all the blessings. It is your way of uh, thanking the Lord for your work, for everything. Uh, and we tell, we remind them that we will not be there every day of the moment when you need uh, us. But then you could always count on God. So, so it, it is that relationship that we would. Like to develop, and I think that is very important. And my kids are all young adults now, and uh, uh, and by the grace of God, I think it's uh, uh, you know how we sometimes we we say that when we we tell them something, it goes to one ear and you know, goes yeah. out the other. But but then from what I'm hearing from my kids, they said that uh, don't worry, uh, we remember what you told us. Yeah. Uh, we are reminded. So it is that. That, that aspect, uh, that, we, that as parents, then not to get tired of reminding our kids that uh, that uh, relationship is very important. The challenge right now is, the, 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 and it's the challenge, not just the adults, but uh, the young people, you know, the, the influence of materialism. So, and we tell them, hey, you know, you have good jobs, you have this and you have that, everything is within reach, but you know, you know, at the end of the day, all this is empty. You know, it doesn't give you uh, true happiness. And they're finding that out for themselves, that uh, it's true. Uh, and, and at the end of the day, what is very important is their relationship with God and their relationship uh, with others. And, well, and, and that, I think, is part of what you're, you're celebrating here. Correct. Is that on the one hand, there is a certain sense to which all immigrant communities need to assimilate somewhat into the culture. On the other hand... There also needs to be a celebration of the cultural identity of each individual group. And that can be a tremendous advantage for our children as they go forward to 
look toward, especially if they go to different different cities, different communities that move away, to look for representatives of their own cultural groups, sometimes that can be very helpful in reminding and calling to mind what you've already been taught. And finding a place that has a sumangabi, finding a place that has mm. has community, that has that Filipino spirit for Filipinos can be very important. When we come back, I want to ask a more personal question about this. What has this meant for you and, and what are your hopes into the future about the Filipino community? We're talking with representatives from the Southern California Filipino community as they celebrate the 500th anniversary of Christianity come to the Philippines. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about, bottom line, what does that mean for our life in Christ? You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howard, your host. And before I go any further, I want to stop for a moment and pause and thank the three guests we have in the studio today who have come to us from the Filipino community in Southern California. Uh, Ike Kiewit, thank you so very much for all that you've been sharing with us. And Josie Nino Franco, also part of the San Jose Filipino Ministry Center core group in putting together the celebrations that are happening around Southern California for this 500th anniversary. And then Father Peter Lavin, uh, thank you so very much for coming to us. You're from the, and in English, is the Disciples of Mary here in Anaheim, but it's also known as... Maria. <laughs> I'll let you say that. <laughs> Father, thank you so very much for coming and for being so open with us about all that has been going on here. And I'm especially impressed by how much you've been willing to share, all of you, about your dedication to your children in your community and how this has impact, how you hope this will impact them. I would like to ask, how has this impacted you? Here you are trying to make a gift. In fact, I think the theme that you've been talking about is gifted to give is your theme for this whole year. How has this impacted you in being able to, to put this together? Personally, uh, I'm not anymore young as a priest. I'm 37 years as a priest. But before becoming a priest, I was taking up engineering. I never thought of becoming a priest, but I felt the call of God. And I felt that great love of God. And I decided to become a priest just to be able to, to share this love of God, especially with young people. I want them to know that. Uh, it's a different life when you have the Lord there, when you make the Lord part and center, a possible center of your life. That's the best thing. And, you know, as in my experience as a priest, 37 years, especially also in the Philippines, I saw the the love of the people with our tradition, their love for the black Nazarene. We called it the Nazareno, with our, their love for our mother, perpetual help. Every Wednesday, people go to Baclaran Church, the shrine, and the love for the child Jesus, the Santo Nino. Uh, it's a whole celebration in the Philippines. And this makes the faith alive. And personally, I just like one, the people around here in Orange, especially our Filipino Americans, to be able to remember this and make them alive in their faith to all their this tradition that we have and to be able to pass this tradition because I believe it will help make the faith, especially for young people, grow and have their own personal encounter with the Lord. Thank you, Father. We have two other people here who are laymen, laywoman, laymen. What has this meant for you? You both have said that you have children who are now grown in the faith you're now reflecting on what you're able to give to your community in general. What has this done for you? Well, uh, for me personally, I never thought that I would be uh, involved in the celebration, to be honest. Um, our focus, my husband and I, were focusing on going home to the Philippines to join in the celebration. But when, Because we have a, a bishop who is our um, friend and a member of the committee 
for the celebration in the Philippines, okay. where it all started. So he said to us, I'll give you a ticket, go home to the Philippines, and then you can join. <laughs> and so we were focused on that until pandemic hits. Yeah. And then, you know, and then uh, so naturally it never happened. But then when Father uh, Peter called me and said, could you be a member of, you know, of the San Jose Filipino Ministry? For some reason, I don't know why I said yes right away. <laughs> Famous last words. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I said, okay. And then so the the ball kept rolling, uh, you know, for, for the celebration. But the main thing about it is that I was able to uh, get my kids. As a matter of fact, one of my grandchildren was part of the liturgy. Oh, wow. You know, so I am trying to show them what being a Filipino Catholic is. Yeah. And and I'm proud that they are all Catholic. Uh, but personally, for example, my daughter-in-law converted to Catholicism because oh, wow. she said to my son, I know this religion is very important to you. So she went through the process and became Catholic. Now we hope it will become so, important to her. Yeah. <laughs> so I am very, very proud of that, that I was able to share our faith, you know, yeah. and uh, and. Even my kids, I told my oldest grandchild that starting October, you're going to teach all of your cousins the rosary. Yeah. So Very that good. is my plan for my family. Ike, what's this meant for you? I've always reflected on the fact that being a Catholic, even though I was baptized Catholic when I was an infant, then confirmed, then married in the Catholic Church, that all these things will be nothing if I could not pass it on to our children. We, uh, my wife, Tess, and I, we have three uh, uh, wonderful children. Of course, they didn't go to Catholic, uh, though, even though they did not go to a Catholic school, but we made sure that they get they uh, learned catechism at St. Boniface Church, that they were confirmed, and all that stuff. But it, it always occurred to me that being a Catholic is not just in name only. You have to live it. And for me to be able to pass it on to my kids, I have to show it. I have to be more patient. I have to uh, show how it's done because for them to simply reading it is one thing. To hear it from a teacher is maybe another, but for them to, to, to see it being lived by their parents is uh, even more important. And, and I think I, I, fi I find that very rewarding when uh, one time, uh, and, and this is a story, a, a story that I always share, that whenever we travel as a family, we travel as a big group, you know, at, at like almost 15, 20 people, oh, wow. <laughs> aunties, uncles, the cousins, yeah. right? So we would travel, uh, let's say, uh, go to uh, Hawaii or to, to uh, Seattle. But, and then all the cousins would hang out till late at night. And then the following morning, being Sunday, you know, all the adults, the parents would go to church. And then the kids would stay behind. And then uh, we would ask, but you're not going to church. They said, well, you know, maybe later or maybe I, I, don't, I don't feel like. But then I would look at my kids. You see how they would uh, would react yeah. or, or how would they uh, whether they will be influenced by their cousins. And then I am proud to say that my kids will say, you know what, uh, you could stay behind, but I'm going to church, you know, oh, so uh, I'm going to church. So it's very comforting to see that, that uh, you would think that they will be influenced by their cousins, which is oftentimes uh, they're more influential, yeah. you know. But than, the intentionality of your ministry to your kids, yes, that little extra makes a difference. It does, it does, yes, yes, it's, yes. It's not just the general overlay of saying, okay, we're raised Catholic, and, and your, your own brothers and sisters who have children, maybe they're not being as intentional. I, I don't want to make any accusations, but you certainly are. Mm. And it sounds like that's made a big difference in their lives. Correct, correct. Uh, sometimes uh, I, I would sound like a broken record. My wife was, might sound like a broken record, but, you know, the... Tenderly reminding them, hey, uh, it's Sunday tomorrow, don't forget. <laughs> uh, don't worry, Dad, we'll go, you know. So, And then when they go, uh, out of their own accord. So it, it is a good thing to good thing to see. So It is. Um, and this is a, a fantastic opportunity to, for Catholic 
Filipino parents to take advantage of these activities that are happening. Um, it's a great excuse to be able to say, hey, let's get back to mass. Let's get back to church. For people who are interested in going, we were mentioning that there are a couple of celebrations coming up shortly. One at Martin DePores. What was that again? That was on the 31st of uh, July? On July 31st, Saturday at Martin DePores uh, Catholic Church in uh, Yorba Linda. And then on September 11, 911 uh, at St. Anthony Claret uh, Church in Anaheim, California. And people are welcome from anywhere in the world, but most especially if they're from the Diocese of Orange. And if you're Filipino, you're very welcome. And if you're non-Filipino, you're even more welcome, but they might make you Filipino if you go. I've been to these. <laughs> so, honorary, so. <laughs> honorary Filipinos. That's right. Uh, you get great shrimp when you go. Anyway, with that in mind, we have, it sounds like, a great year of celebrating the coming of Christ to the Philippines and through that, the coming of Christ through Filipinos to the rest of the world, which is essentially your theme, Gifted to Give. Wow. Thank you all very much for coming in, for sharing with us what's happening with the Filipino community and this 500th anniversary. Father, would you be so kind as to lead us in a word of prayer and a blessing for our listening audience? Yes. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you for giving us that gift of faith. And we ask for that special grace so that we may be able to live this faith and share this faith to all the people that we encounter. Oh, Mother Mary, you are open to the will of God. And that's why we have our Lord incarnated in your womb. May you pray and intercede for all of us that we may be able to follow your example. And we pray that you may continue to protect all those who are listening right now. Protect them with your mantle protection from any harm, danger, evil, illness, and sickness. And may you always guide them in all their undertakings and bless their families and loved ones. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you all, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Once again, Father and Josie and Ike, I want to thank you all for coming in. Thank you, Rick. Uh, you have been listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. We've been talking today about the celebrations going on around the world, but here in the Southern California, celebrating the 500th anniversary of the coming of Catholicism to the islands of the Philippines. If you are listening to this live broadcast and you would like to hear it again or share it with someone else, you can do so by going and finding it as a podcast, which will shortly be available after you've been listening to it uh, live on the air. And you can do that by going to Orange County Catholic Radio, ccatholic.com. And orangecountycatholicradio.com, you'll go to the radio tab where you can find all of the different radio programs that we produce there. Our flagship show is Orange County Catholic Radio. Tap on that tab, and the latest uh, and greatest of our broadcasts will be on there, starting with this one. Once again, thank you all for being here. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and on behalf of all of us here, we thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next week.